welcome to Itty Bitty Bible Study with It's Not a Contradiction, It's a Clause. Today is Bible Basics number two. So um, in Bible Basics number one, we went over some terminology um, about um, the origins of certain words in the Bible. Uh, we also went over the Old Testament versus the New Testament chapters and verses. So Today, we're going to start Itty Bitty Bible Study um, talking about the Hebrew Bible. So the Hebrew Bible is part of the Christian Bible. Um, the Old Testament in the Christian Bible is the Hebrew Bible, and it's called the Tanakh. The Tanakh is divided into three parts. The Torah, which are the five books of Moses, which is the law. The Nevi'im which are the prophets, which are split into the major and minor prophets, and the ketuvim, which are the writings, like wisdom and poetry and literature. All right? In the Old Testament, and remember, we said Old Testament means Old Covenant, but to the Hebrew people, to the Jews, the Old Testament is just purely the covenant, right? So in the Old Testament, it contains several covenants, several, several, several covenants. Um, but, uh, the covenant between God and Adam before the fall um, was that God would create man in his image. Also, that man would have rule over um, God's other creations, over the animal kingdom. It would be man's job to take care of nature, pretty much. Um, also, part of that covenant was um, man was to be fruitful and multiply, right? Inhabit the earth. Also, and I bet a ton of people miss this part, guys. In Genesis, there is a part that tells man to be vegetarian. It does. It tells man to eat the fruit of the trees and all of the green vegetation. And as many times as I read Genesis, I didn't catch that until later. I'll be quite honest, I really didn't. But even though... Genesis tells humans to be vegetarian. Later in the Bible, um, it does give people permission to eat animals. Okay? So uh, after the portion about mankind being vegetarian, um, uh, then God also talks about um, not eating from the forbidden tree. Right? That's all part of the Adamic covenant before the fall of man. So after the fall of man, after Adam and Eve did what they were not supposed to do and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it, things changed a little bit, right? So the, the next half of the covenant, covenant, pardon me, um, mentions these things, that there will be enmity, enmity sorry, between this is serpent, which is Satan, and Eve and her descendants, right? Also, part of that is that childbirth will be painful for women, um, that the soil will be cursed, and man would have to work the soil in order to eat, um, and that death would be a thing now. Prior to, death was not part of God's plan, but he thought it. He thought it would be a good idea uh, for mankind not to be immortal now 
simply because of all of the new things that are a part of the new covenant, um, such as the things that man would now have to endure that he wouldn't have had to endure before. So in a way, uh, the death of man is kind of God having grace on mankind so that they wouldn't have to suffer for eternity, right? There was also the covenant between God and Noah, the Noah Noah covenant. Um, and in that covenant, God gave the sign of the rainbow. Yes, the rainbow is a sign from God. It's a divine symbol. He gave the, co the covenant that he would never flood the earth again, right? And that the rainbow would be the sign of this covenant. So the next time you see a rainbow, even though currently um, the rainbow has other more popular connotations in today's society, the rainbow is actually supposed to be a symbol of God and a symbol that God will punish people for their sins um, and that he can do it, um, but he is he's chosen not to punish people for sinning via wiping out the entire earth with the flood. Okay? Another flood in the Old Testament in the Christian Bible is the covenant between God and Abraham. Uh, God promised Abraham many things in his covenant to him. And these are the things he promised um, Abraham that he would make his name great, um, that he would have descendants um, more than the stars in the sky, right? He also promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations um, and that, um, let's see, what is the, he promised also um, that the fam that people of the world will be blessed by Abraham's descendants um, and that the Messiah would come from Abraham's line. So those were many different things that God promised. Remember, promises, God, there's plenty of promises in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, but there's also covenants, and sometimes the promises of God are contained in the covenants. So God made a lot of promises to Abraham in his covenant with Abraham. Okay, There was also the covenant between God and Moses in the Old Testament. And the covenant between God and Moses was a conditional covenant covenant, pardon me, in which God would either bless or punish the Jewish people based on their obedience. And part of, and then I guess you have to say obedience to what, right? So God had to provide what he wanted the Jewish people to be obedient to, and that was the Ten Commandments. Um, and he gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which Moses then told the people. But those Ten Commandments were then further broken down into about 600 other laws or rules, um, half of which were positive and things to do, and half of which were negative, things that you shouldn't do. And based on if the Jewish people um, did what they were supposed to do and refrained from doing what they shouldn't do, God would then bless or curse them. And that was 
God's covenant with Moses. All right. Aside from the covenants that God made, God made, like I said, many promises. He made many promises in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there is no really decided upon number of covenants uh, or agreed upon number, should I say, of promises in the Bible. People, Different people have gotten different totals when they attempted to go through the Bible and count all of the promises. Um, but there are numerous promises, thousands of them. All right. And so there's covenants in the Bible, in both Old Testament and New Testament. There's promises in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament. And also in the Old Testament, there are messianic prophecies. What are messianic promises? There are prophecies, and prophecies um, mean words from the Lord, right? A prophet is someone who tells others what God says, right? So prophecies about who the Messiah would be. So these prophecies describe the Messiah and they describe the things the Messiah would do and endure. And here is an interesting part point about the Messianic prophecies, right? So the Jewish people do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah because they do not believe that he fulfilled all of the messianic prophecies. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The Jewish people do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah because he did not fulfill all of the messianic prophecies that are in the Old Testament. Um, and like the promises, um, there is no agreed upon number um, for the messianic prophecies um different people have come to different totals so and the reason is it's kind of hard to define what what counts in that total because there's certain messianic prophecies that are repeated right there's certain messianic prophecies that are more direct than others some are hinted at while others are very straightforward and because of things like this um when one counts they may include both the straightforward and the hinted at implied uh, messianic prophecies when another counts they may only count the unique uh, messianic prophecies and when someone else counts they may count all of the uh, duplicates as separate um, in the total, right? So different people have come to different totals. And so it is difficult first to say how many messianic prophecies there are. And secondly, it's difficult to say how many Jesus Christ did not fulfill, right? Um, so some uh, two numbers, well, two totals, approximations that I've heard is that there are over 500 um, messianic prophecies and another number is there's over 600 and um, it said that Jesus has fulfilled over 300 of those prophecies right and so um, 
the prophecies that the Jewish people don't believe that Jesus has fulfilled are mainly the prophecies about world peace. Obviously, if you look around today, the world is not peaceful, right? There's all kind of foolishness going around, like like real foolishness, like people doing all kinds of crazy stuff, stuff that you're like, like, how? How could anybody do that to anyone, right? And if we are smart or if we are aware that humans and this world is spiritual and not just physical, not just things that we can see, hear, feel, touch, smell, right? We would understand that a lot of this stuff that's happening, that we're like, how could anybody do that? It's not based on man, it's based on spirits, right? Just think about that. Think about all these people killing themselves and their family, all these people killing children, right? All these people killing people they don't even know who did nothing to them. That is not something that just comes to the mind via the senses. That's No, that's some spiritual stuff that's going on, right? But okay, so we're going to get back to the itty-bitty Bible study. So obviously there's not world peace. And um, so I will tell you a few of the prophecies um, that, well, I will tell you about a few of the problems, the, the prophecies of the Messiah. Um, so the main scriptures that have the prophecies that the Jewish people think that Jesus did not fulfill are Isaiah 11, 1 through 9, Isaiah 2, 3 through 4, and Micah 4, 2 through 3. Two through three, right? These are the main prophecies that um, mention like peace and stuff that they think that he has yet to fulfill. Um, so Jews do believe that there is a Messiah, but they believe he has yet come. But an interesting point is the prophecy in Daniel 9, 24 through 7, so that says that the Messiah will die before the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And that event has already happened. It happened in 70 AD, right? So if the Jewish people are going to believe the messianic prophecies in totality, or if they're going to believe that they all must happen in order for them to point to the true Messiah, then they can't really believe that the Messiah has not yet come because the temple was already destroyed. So that must mean that the Messiah has come already, right? And if we are going to hold the, the perspective that God is not a man, that he should lie, and that all scripture is inspired by God, then we must know that the messianic prophecies have to come to pass and that God would not lie about them. So the only way that I see to get to the fact that God doesn't lie, that Jesus is the Messiah, and that the prophecies all will be fulfilled, is that 
in the first coming of Jesus, he fulfilled the 300 plus messianic prophecies. And we know from the Bible that he is to come again. So it's reasonable to think that in his second coming, he will fulfill the remainder of those messianic prophecies. And that is consistent with what we expect to happen in Jesus' second coming. Um, Because we know that when he is to return, he is to defeat evil and he is to defeat the serpent for good. And defeating evil and the serpent for sure would bring about world peace. So that is one way to look at Jesus not fulfilling all of the messianic prophecies, right? He has not yet, but he will because he is to come again, right? So not only does the Christian Bible have significance to Jews and the Jewish faith and Jewish history, the Christian Bible also has significance to Muslims, right? And so... The Muslims believe that several books in the Bible were indeed inspired by God, Allah, just as the Quran was. But they also believe that the Bible has been super corrupted over time, purposefully corrupted. And that the Quran, which was dictated to Muhammad by the angel Gabriel um, in about 610 to 632 AD, uh, about 600 years after um the death of Jesus, um, that 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 the, the word in the Quran from God is uncorrupted, right? And it reveals truths that the Bible has purposely hidden via corruption. That is what um, that is what is thought in Islam, right? The Quran refers to the Bible many many times, and it refer it calls it the book Al Kitab, right? And in the book, the books of the book um, that Muslim people regard as holy or inspired by God are the Torah, Torah, the Psalms, Zabur, and the Gospel, Injil, right? Those are the three things, the Torah, the five books of Moses, the Psalms, um, and the Gospel of Jesus, in the Quran, there's also mentioned outside of those books of the Bible, um, many, 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 many of the people of the Bible. Um, in the Quran, there are mentions of Aaron, Abel, Abraham, Adam, Cain, David, the disciples of Jesus, Elias, Elisha, Enoch, Eve, Ezra, Goliath. Isaac, Ishmael, Jacob, Jesus, also known as Isa, John the Baptist, Jonah, Joseph, Lot, Mary, Moses, known as Musa, Noah, the pharaohs of Egypt, Samuel, Saul, Solomon, Zechariah, and many other people, right? So we have that the Christian Bible, or at least, at least the Old Testament of it, significant to the Jewish people. We have that the Christian Bible, especially the Old Testament, has significance to the Muslim people. 
And we have that Jews, Muslims, and Christians all have similar or the same stories and similar or the same um, people in their holy books, right? Judaism, Islam, and Christianity have a lot of things in common, and yet they also have plenty of differences. And what that always brings to my mind is divide and conquer, right? It's more easy to tear things down, to destroy them when people are divided and um, not just divided among different religions, but divided when it comes to different sects within religions. All three of those religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, also have different sects within them, right? Um, When you think of Christianity, you can think of Catholicism and Protestantism. You can think there's Baptist churches. You can think there's Lutheran churches. You can think there's Church of God and Christ and all of these things. Um, There's different denominations within the religions themselves. And like I said, in my mind, all that brings to me is divide and conquer, right? Instead of focusing on the commonality, people are focusing and putting their efforts and energies into focusing and highlighting the differences. Yeah? But uh, if we're thinking of commonality between the religions, we should think of the promise that God made, one of the promises that God made to Abraham in the covenant between God and Abraham, Abraham, which was that Abraham would be the father of many nations. And three of those nations are Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. All of those come from Abraham and his sons Ishmael and Isaac, right? Um, is the Islam comes from descendants of Ishmael and Judaism and Christianity come from the descendants of Isaac. Um, so when we think of the Bible, we should not only think of Christianity, right? But we should also think of Judaism and Islam and Abraham, Father Abraham and his descendants and him being a father of many nations. That is all for today's Itty Bitty Bible Study. Um, We have uh, at least one more Itty Bitty Bible Study coming up on Bible Basics. And I look forward to going over that with you. Um, 